<laughs> Welcome. Oh, morning, I guess. Good morning to you, Sam, and to our listeners. Uh, you know, even if you're not listening to this in the for real morning, like your morning, it's my it's my morning, and that's really what's important here. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, this is Sam Maggie Hate Glee. You know. Yeah, we uh we watch Glee and we talk about it as a family. Um, you know, I w- I saw a meme earlier this this week. Well, I guess if it's like a drawn comic, is it really a meme? It's like whatever you understand. Sure. Um, and it was like, oh, do you need help choosing a podcast? And one of the options was listen to two nerds talk about a television show you've already watched with episodes that are somehow longer than the show itself. And I was like, oh wow, I feel really <laughs> added. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Yeah, I mean, um, wait, like we we're not trendsetters, Maggie. No. That's something that's become what, very apparent recently. What I could say is that our podcast is better than the television show. Yes. <laughs> Which I don't think is hard, um, sadly. No. But No. And what do you mean we're not trendsetters? What what is this new information that's apparent to you? Well, you you sent me some information recently oh yes of course i sent sam a variety of evil blaine um i don't know ephemera yeah uh is how i would term it uh i did some searching uh for fan fiction there's not a lot of like demon blaine fan fan fiction but there's definitely some yes uh i'd say the percentage is larger to kurt though kurt as as being a demon Um, huh I mean, but uh, the one yeah. the one that I sent Sam uh, had like Blaine as a demon that Kurt had sold his soul to, so that Bert wouldn't die from that heart attack he had in season three. Huh? Yeah. Okay, I or didn't actually two? read it yet because I'm trying to keep myself pure. But mm, 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 mm. I mean, mostly. I understand. It's just one of those things. I just I want to make it clear to everyone. I didn't read fan fiction before this. The I, I would like to sure. pretend like my idea was original and new. It was original for me, but obviously they did such a bad job of making Blaine a character that everyone got yeah. the same impression. <laughs> so. I think it's also Darren Chris just sort of has this like undercurrent of like mischievousness yeah. or something. Yeah. Um <laughs> so I, I recently watched uh, nearly all of I have like 20 minutes left of the last episode and I don't know if I'm gonna watch it uh but it's uh the American Crime Story oh. another Ryan Murphy joint yep. yep uh the Gianni Versace season obviously yes uh where Darren Chris plays an evil murderer um I guess evil is intense uh, he's a confused person uh, I mean, you just said that he who, murders people. He does kill four people within the span of like two weeks. I mean, I don't know yeah. if there's a better descriptor. Like, evil seems <laughs> meant for that kind of situation, but sure, yeah, yeah. Oh no, it's it's not four; it's five. Excuse me. Oh, okay. He does kill yeah, that definitely Versace. changes it. Also, of course. Um, and really, my main takeaway from the show is that Ryan Murphy is a thirsty bitch who just wants Darren Chris to be naked all the time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, but who doesn't, right? Like, that's th- what the general public wants. Yeah. And with that, let's go to the 
let's go to the actual podcast. I yes. Think. Yeah. So this week, um, to kind of lend credence, actually, <laughs> to some of the things we were just talking about, we're, we're talking mm-hmm. about season four, episode 13, Diva. Um, yeah. Which will have some plots that strangely do connect to what we were just talking about. Um, about Blaine being an evil murderer? No, wait, no. Darren Chris being an evil murderer? No, What's- about no, wait. Kurt being Andrew Kukannon, a demon. Which is his character? What? I was saying about Kurt being a demon, potentially. Oh, Kurt being a demon. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has a sort of edge yes. to him. And he always has. <laughs> yes. Um, but-, uh, but now that he's, like, taller and hotter, it's definitely, like... A more substantial edge, I think. Yes. Well, because he's longer. Because he's taller. So the edges... <laughs> anyway, um, this episode originally aired on February 7th, 2013, with 6.03 million viewers, which is up from last week's 5.48 million. So... Uh, and it was written by Brad Falchuk and directed by Paris Barclay, who has directed in the past. Yes. Uh, and he was actually uh, nominated for a Emmy Award... Um, for this episode. For this episode? Yep. For outstanding directing in a comedy in a comedy series. Okay. Yes. Well, for so this episode. The the Emmys seem to think this is a comedy series. Um. Um. Yeah. The well, I I remember like in situ, it was always confusing when Glee got nominations as a comedy. Like in the fandom, it was just sort of like, is this a comedy? what is going on yes. like people die in this show you know that sort of stuff yeah um yeah i mean i, I don't know if this episode is really award worthy it, it didn't win i mean paris barclay didn't win for the episode so i do really like this episode though i think yeah, it's and- really good so I think the directing is probably the best part of it because it like the framing of it all and some of the editing choices are really effective. Yeah. No, that's true. Okay. Well, let's let's jump in. Let let's decide. Let's figure out if this is actually award winning. Totally. We start yeah. at Niata during a class called Free Sing. <laughs> which also <laughs> takes place in the dance studio um or it it sort of looks like that room where they had that weird acting class okay that yeah Kurt set in on yeah um or it could just be like the dance studio with like a different sort of like facade some, yeah some extra <laughs> set furniture pieces yeah it's the Miata is a single classroom that they just keep <laughs> slightly altering for different scenes. Yes. Um. So the the main gist of this scene, Kurt is whining in monologue fashion, of course, um, about how insufferable Rachel is now. Um, yeah. This is all over Rachel singing like intense arias. Yes. Just, like <laughs> so loudly, and the way that they have done the sound just it makes it so piercing yes well it, um it's like we're almost yeah, inside of kurt's head for this yeah it, one of the things that i think is great is like they keep rachel's singing throughout the like flashbacks that he has to them in yes. the loft and like at school and stuff which makes it really weird because it sounds like maybe she's also doing these like belting arias in the shower um, no i think he i think she is okay okay yeah that makes sense i guess 
Um, and there's like a couple great editing uh, things where like the screen goes sort of like whoosh off to the side, and Rachel does like a <laughs> like, drill thing. Sure. While Kurt just rolls his eyes, like he is so over it. Yes. Uh, one thing that stood out to me in the dialogue is that Kurt says she's been doing this since the bell rang. Does Niata have, have bells? Bells. Uh, I mean, I guess so. That doesn't make it's any sense. It's a college. <laughs> well, they only have one room. It's like you could just have someone walk in and be like, class is over now. We need to bring in all of our bookcases to make this the singing room or whatever. So, <laughs> um, I don't think it's one room in fiction. <laughs> no, I, think I know. It's one room in the production side of Glee because they can't. They don't want to make another one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, we find out that Rachel yeah. has um, sycophants, which Kurt loves to say the word sycophants. Yes. Multiple times this episode. He revels in it. Um, there, It's like a, someone who looks pretty much like Kurt. Yes. And then like a taller, handsome black man with a, with a shaved head. Uh, I preferred him over the Kurt one because the Kurt one is a little bit more vindictive, and he's a more t- he's more talkative. Also, he also uh, he also really comes off kind of weaselly, <laughs> like <laughs> he's I, a weaselly guy. Yeah, he's like if Kurt and Sebastian somehow made a baby. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we find out that Funny Girl is having an open call because the sycophants tell this to Rachel, and she's like, "Oh well, I could never." And. Uh, one of them is like, oh, well, you're Barbara Streisand's heir apparent. And Rachel's just like, oh, go on. Yeah, it's, I mean, the big thing here. So you'll remember Rachel won the Winter Showcase somehow um, yes, a couple of episodes yes. ago. And this is what because has. Because that was something you could win. <laughs> yes, this has propelled her to this, like, newfound stardom at Niada, I guess. Um I, it's not really like stardom exactly. It's more just like insufferability yes. on Kurt's part. Um, she has just sort of overtaken his entire life with being terrible. Yes. There's a scene um, where like their phone is ringing and Kurt's like, are you going to get that? And she holds up like written cards. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm saving my voice. Will you take a message? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> she doesn't write them out. No, she has them. She just holds them. She had them ready. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the, the just the scene, Kurt's decided to knock her down a few pegs. We're, we're going to come back to this. Um, but we have some other stuff to get to because yeah. we're now, after this scene, we get the Glee title card, of course. And then we get to McKinley because you'll remember that's where the show also takes place. <laughs> um, but Emma yeah. is confiding in Finn that she's very overwhelmed by wedding planning. Um, yeah, she yeah. says, "I'm a Libra. I can't do this." Uh, <laughs> Maggie, is that accurate? Which, I'm not. I'm not up up on my astrological. The only, I mean, the only signs I'm really informed about are like my signs and Devin's signs. Gotcha. Um, okay, that's really the only ones I care about. Sure. Honestly, I mean, shout out to all the Libras out there. I'm sorry you can't really make decisions. I guess. Well, um, I mean, but I I wouldn't necessarily place this on Libras. It's also that she is having to plan this wedding by herself. Yeah, um, totally. Because it, she tells Finn that she's been running things by Will and that Will is, like, not helpful yes. at all. Which, doesn't, which is, of course. Yeah, unsurprising. Even though, 
like Will should recognize this is a highly stressful situation. Emma can't deal with a lot of highly stressful situations. This is the third wedding she's had in as like as many years basically. Yeah. Maybe you need to fucking pull your own weight, asshole. <laughs> yes, which If you want if you want to marry Emma, you need to be like more le- more helpful when she's dealing in a stressful situation because you know it like makes her OCD worse. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, it's it's all around kind of shitty. Um we find out that apparently Mr. Shu was successful in his whole like Congress thing or something. Then Well, the arts funding is gonna be cut by less. Right. Yeah. It, than, it's like by than what it was. It's like thirty percent less rather than fifty percent less or something. But <laughs> but my favorite thing is that this made me realize um we didn't have to see any of that. Which no, was no, a good we, choice. Of course not. Yeah. Um, Will, um, yeah. Matthew Morrison's like taking a break. Yes. He's just like somewhere else. Get me the fuck out you know? of here. Um, but yeah, so then to keep going on the scene, Emma compliments Finn on his good work because, you know, yeah. he lost sectionals but still weaseled his way into regionals. So that's good. Well, she's doing her sort of classic Emma move. This yes. is like what the show uses Emma for, which is to give men ideas about how to be effective glee teachers, basically. <laughs> well, um, I mean, yeah, it, it's pretty classic. Just like female teachers at McKinley are responsible mm-hmm. for giving their male coworkers for doing everything their jobs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And uh, she, Finn's just like, oh, we need like a, comp- a competitive spirit. All these people that I have now, like they. They can sing, but they don't really have the fire of um our, la- our of like last year. And Emma's like, "Well, Blaine can do it," and he's like, "Yeah, I know, but still." And uh, Emma suggests that they do something where they compete against each other to provoke their inner divas. Yes. Which we then go straight into um, an intro about Diva Week to the New Directions. Uh, there's an urban dictionary definition that is read about being um, not a trick-ass hoe, something like that. Uh, and as Emma's doing this little speech about being a diva, we get like a an aside uh, that sort of transitions into a dream sequence. Yeah, it's bizarre um, <laughs> because it, like we have Emma in the background still talking about like i guess her cheesecake factory experience where she like was a diva because she something i wasn't paying attention to that though she's known as a diva in a lot of local restaurants because she will send the dish back right (laughs) if it's not what she ordered yes uh and then we see jake being like oh i guess the boys are just gonna be ignored this week and blaine's like um excuse you yes (laughs) men can be divas too yes um but then we then we get to like the best part here which is that unique channels some black queer culture um and just kind of like pours the tea all over everyone and is like i'm gonna i'm going to win this week because i am the diva here yeah she she clocks everyone's sadness <laughs> is what she says um and then tina does a transphobe thing yeah by being like how can you be a diva when you're trans <laughs> pretty um, much yep. which is not that's not like their verbatim thing she says what she says is worse yeah and uh then britney is like oh i'm need to shut down this situation <laughs> yes. and starts Start singing um, D 
Diva by Britney. Uh, not Britney. Beyonce. Beyonce. Yes. It's early. No, I know. I, I'm just looking at my full French press. I haven't had any coffee yet. This, it's very early. I understand. Um, but yeah, so this actually, this transitions into Britney, Unique, Tina, and Blaine singing Diva, like you're saying. Um, we get Yes. We get a background, like, like, we get a little montage of them preparing to go on stage. Yeah. I loved the, like, when they strutted out of the choir room. Yes. I thought that was great. Yes. Uh, and really all the strutting this episode is fantastic. I'm really about it. Uh, the the outfits, should we discuss them? I mean, we must, freely. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, they're all... So, to kind of add to this, we, we get to, like, this, like, runway-esque auditorium scene where... Um, it's those four that I just said, but also they add Marley and Kitty, um, who yes. are also kind of decked out, um, and they have some like fun photo cinematography, um, just to like set the scene for people before we get into these outfits. Um, yeah, the outfits though. Where would you like so to start? Unique is in. <laughs> Let's talk about Unique. She's got like a fur stole and like a long uh, gold gown. Yes, and a very. Um, like early Beyonce wig is how I would call it because like the curls are really defined, but it's blonde. Uh, Blaine is wearing an enormous red like feather yeah. coat. <laughs> yes, I I would say Blaine's is probably my favorite. Out of, I mean he is wearing that like satiny red corset, which is yes, yes. like it's He's very good. Uh, yeah. Um, the, all the voguing from everyone is pretty fantastic also. Yes. <laughs> uh, Brittany is wearing like a pink prom dress. Uh, th- what I would say about everyone but Unique and Blaine is that they sort of look like they're going to prom, except for, I guess, um, Marley, who's wearing like a unitard. Yeah. Uh, I'm. Yeah. Tina's dress is like maybe a little not prom-y because it has some cutouts around the midriff. I don't know. But Have like, you seen what people wear to prom now, Sam? No, I haven't. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, I really like all of them. I think my favorite is uh, Unique just because like that like yeah. gold like yeah, body piece. Yeah, it looks piece really good on really, her. Ugh, it, it looks really good. Um, Here's my note about Kitty's outfit. Kitty looks like Paris Hilton going to a Midwest prom. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I could see it. I mean, it's not yeah. it's not bad. <laughs> it, no, I don't think it's bad either. Honestly, I like the Paris Hilton aesthetic. Don't don't catch me tripping. I'm a, I'm about it. Sure. Um, it's just you know it's what it is. Kitty doesn't really have any part in this episode other than to be a background dancer, which is odd to me because I feel like she's the most diva of all the you know the Glee babies. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true. Um. She does. I guess. Unique does unique count as a Glee baby? I don't usually count her. I don't know. She's new. She's new girl, so they have to talk but about she's boys. Not, but she's not as new. Yeah, because she was in Vocal Adrenaline, and then yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Unique is obviously the most diva, but unfortunately, this is all she's going to get during this episode. So, which is honestly a crime. criminal. Yeah. Um. I <laughs> so yeah. Rachel screams Kurt awake. Yes. In the next scene. Do you want to like discuss Diva anymore? I just want to say I, I love it. It's amazing. Yeah. It's like It's really really good. So good. I love the, the song. It's so. Vi- visually interesting. The song is done well. They don't try to like mimic Beyoncé's like is, you know? You yes. know what I'm talking about? Like the Beyoncé 
yell, they don't do that, which is good because they weren't they weren't gonna be able to do it. No, uh, I think it's a really good cover. Yes. The next scene, Rachel is screaming Kurt awake in the Bushwick loft, um, because she's like, "Oh, you're awake!" Like mid, like I don't know, scale practice or something. Yes. And Kurt's just like, "Yeah, an hour before my alarm." Yes. <laughs> and uh, then we have a metaphor for truth. Yes. Uh, supplanted at the beginning of the scene where Rachel's like, "Oh, could you make me some tea with honey?" And Kurt's like, "I'll give you the tea, bitch." <laughs> yes. And they, ex- um, exactly. Um, they have a, a very honest, frank conversation. <laughs> That they call truth time. Yes, which, yeah, essentially, Rachel is accusing Kurt of being jealous of her success. Um, which, <laughs> Kurt is like, really? Um, <laughs> it's um, well, really, they, they focus in on the winter showcase. Uh, Kurt's like, you've been a terror since then. And Rachel's like, oh, well, you know, I won it. You only got into Niata because you sang after me or well, something no, no. like that. She says you only got into Niata because Carmen Thibodeau knows you're my friend. <laughs> what? <laughs> such bullshit. And like, the so um, Rachel is like, well, I've always beaten you. Because you'll remember the original diva yes. off from season one where they both sang the Wicked number. Um, but, uh, Kurt reveals to Rachel, we already knew this, but Kurt reveals to Rachel in this scene that he threw that competition because he, yeah, he tanked the, the high F yeah. because he didn't want Bert to feel ashamed yes. of Kurt's oddity. Uh, yeah. Uh, and Rachel's like, why would you do that? And Kurt's like, don't worry about it. Well, no, it's great. Cause like. <laughs> Like so, essentially, he challenged her to Midnight Madness, which we don't really get a lot of information which, about right now. But yeah, which I think is good. We don't need all the heavy exposition up here at the top. No. we know it's something intense because it's called Midnight Madness. Yes, and Kurt has challenged her. But what, what so. I what I love about it is that he he reveals that about the original diva off that he threw it. Yes. Um, and Rachel is kind of like she's like, no, like you're lying. And he's like, truth time, like. <laughs> And Rachel's like, that's what I've built all my confidence on for the past two years. Yes. It, it really shakes <laughs> Rachel here, which is great. Um, and then she just like sort of flounces off, yeah. runs to some other some other place in the apartment. Yes. Amazing. Yes. Truly great. The next scene is uh, back at McKinley. Tina is delivering a cold buster kit to Blaine, uh, which has like soup and something else. And then we get Chekhov's cold medicine. Yes. Uh, <laughs> You know when when a when a bottle of cold medicine is planted in the first act, someone has to get roofied <laughs> in the third. Fuck. Yeah, it's really bad. Um, but yeah, he yeah he he drops that little hit, and he's like, "Cold medicine makes me really sleepy and drowsy, and I can't I can't be that way for Diva Week." Um, I don't know if I really believe um Darren Chris's sick performance here. Like he looks normal i mean he, he sniffles a bit which helps i guess <laughs> um yeah well to be fair it's mostly because this next number like that's not a sick person who is doing no, this number it really really isn't <laughs> belting out those like huge notes i don't think so yeah because so to, to kind of lead into this when when blaine says a thing about being sleeping drowsy he's like i have to prove to everyone that men can be divas too so i'm gonna do queen 
well, Freddie Mercury specifically. Yes. Um, and so it cuts to Blaine performing Don't Stop Me Now, where he plays the piano himself and is dressed yeah. like a village person. Um, he is in like a little leather daddy outfit. Yes. <laughs> um, it's very cute. <laughs> Honestly, uh, he's got a little hat. He's got a little jacket. <laughs> Pretty sure his pants are leather also. Uh, why did he just have this outfit? I don't know. Let the fan fiction writers decide, you know? I mean, again, uh, like, it's very village person. Like, I have a feeling <laughs> he might have done a tribute at some point um, mm. and just has it. To who? To himself? I don't know. But at least let's just be thankful that it was this outfit and not the, like, Native American one. Um, it, would, it wouldn't be the Native American <laughs> one. Like, No, I know. And like, Freddie just... Mercury, I could see Freddie Mercury wearing this. Like, it's, it's not out of the realm. I, I, what of... I'm saying is I'm glad that this has been our introduction to Blaine's village people tributes as opposed to, like, mm. him doing something <laughs> hideously racist. Um, <laughs> sure. No, I totally agree about that. Do you think Blaine should have worn like a fake mustache, a white tank, white tank top? You know the sort of classic Freddie Mercury eh, iconic look. I don't know. I think this one's okay. It's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where like, especially nowadays that Bohemian Rhapsody like just came out. Like, like Darren Chris isn't gay, and I would like him to be more no. of a tribute than a like mimic of it. You know? Yeah. Um. Totally. And. He- Darren Chris has promised recently that he's going to stop portraying gay characters. I mean, uh, whatever. I, I'm i just saying, like, in a world where we have, you know, Kurt is on the show. And, like, we have yes. someone who can do, like, like, I would be more comfortable with, like, doing a complete, like, mimic, like, tribute to, like, a gay icon. Um, this is fine. I'm still okay with it. Like, it looks... He looks great. His moves mm-hmm. are great. The song is great. Of course, it's a Blaine number. So, like, well, maybe let's get into it. Can is because Darren Chris, the actor, is I don't know straight. I mean, is he whatever? Let's not get into it. Um, <laughs> is his Maggie? Let's get into is this his representation. <laughs> is this representation false? Like, is it is it not good enough? Is it fake? I, I don't think that's the case. I think it's more just that, like, and and again, this is what, 2013? Like, there were mm-hmm. there were gay people who could be in this show to represent yeah. gay people, as opposed to having a straight person do it. Um, so yeah. That's, like, a very valuable point, I think, to say. It's, like, it's similar to other roles that have been cast in the show. There were better people to cast for them. Yeah. Uh, and it, Darren Chris plays a gay character in this Gianni Versace thing too. So like, I don't know. It's hard to say what yeah. what's right and what's wrong. Well, and I mean, I guess one of the things that I think is a little concerning for me about this, and has been for the entire time, is that um they already have a couple gay people on the show, so that's good. Like I'm like mm-hmm. we have Kurt. Like the uh, the actor who plays Unique is a gay man in real life. The, like the actor who plays Artie is is gay, is gay but he Kevin McHale yeah, is gay. Just recently came out. He wasn't openly gay at the time, but like yeah, he wasn't out at the time. No. Yeah, so like we have some we have some, some gay people, but the problem is the representation of gay people on the show. Kurt is like very feminine, and then yeah. Unique is a trans woman, which 
in retrospect, should have been a trans woman probably. But um, Blaine plays the, like, masculine gay. Which it's like, yeah. if you got a gay person to play a masculine gay, that would actually do a lot more for helping represent gay people as diverse and different and like all over the spectrum Mm -hmm. of masculinity as opposed to having a straight person play the like hyper like not hyper but like more masculine gay you know the 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 gay who knows about basketball exactly like (laughs) it it essentially i feel like just reinforces some stereotypes of like well you know real gay people are all flouncy and love broadway like straight people who pretend to be gay can like basketball so well, you need like the meta text of knowing that Darren Chris is a straight man to know all of this, right? I feel like people knew that though, because he was already sure. a popular person before. Like he was on Star Kid, and like for Glee people, yeah. they knew what that was. So, yeah, I don't sure. know. I just totally. It, it, I I overall, it's I mean, not the worst Ryan thing Murphy in the world, ca- but. Ryan Murphy cast him the way he did yeah. because Ryan Murphy is thirsty for Darren Crest. Exactly. So, <laughs> any- truth time. Anyway, let's talk about this number. It's pretty good. Um, he interacts with yeah, the musicians. I, like, it's fun. I actually really love it. Yeah. I thought it was really good. Really, like, diva. Very diva. Yes. <laughs> uh, there's a part where at the very end of the song, Blaine, like, le- does, like, a lean, trust fall lean in the back where, uh, Ryder and Jake on either side support him. Yes. <laughs> I like that. Uh, there's uh, also, I don't know, the way that he does the Fahrenheit um, in both choruses is really good. I thought it was really good. Okay. Yeah. No, it's one of the things about this episode. Well, I'll, I'll save that. I'll say that for the end because we need to get through some of this stuff. Um, but it's a good number. So then the next scene is another glee scene um yeah where finn starts off a little speech uh where he is like true divas aren't truly mortal and then it goes into like a sort of less effective direction and emma's like hey let's pull it back and then finally santana is here yes she's here to save the day she's here to make sure that finn stops talking and she sings nutbush city limits with uh like some people from her dance team uh, from the college from the college in Kentucky yeah um, and they're all in their cheerleading outfits um, and yeah I mean for the most part Brittany Sam and Tina all seem somewhat unimpressed with this mm-hmm. um, there's a bit where it like closes up on Ryder's face where he is like oh. losing his mind um, I have a note about that also there so there's one the see the cut before it is Ryder just like he's got his his chin in his hand and it's just like, wow, like that's the sort of vibe of his face. Yeah. And then we cut back to the dancers and then we cut back to Ryder when we get two like separate close ups, um, one like slightly further away and then one really close on Ryder's face where he's like sort of shaking his head in some sort of weird fervor. Like, <laughs> yes, I, I had a it's question. so weird. Do you think he just jizzed himself? um oh oh gross (laughs) well like what am i supposed to take away from this like no i don't know what are we supposed to take away from this Uh, obviously paris barclay did not deserve an emmy (laughs) well the big thing too is um i and i i this comes up a little bit later but like seriously they keep just trotting out santana like in the regular club and it's just like why 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 though like 
they they do yeah. this number, and this number isn't bad necessarily, but it's just it's not. I don't think diva, and then I think of like a cheerleading dance squad, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, well, the the dancing is definitely extremely impressive. Well, yes. Uh, yeah. Which it's it always is from Santana usually, but this dance team can hold their own, um, and there's a significant amount of hierography. Oh, sure. To reference Glee itself. Yes. Uh, you know, I thought that was a crutch that you weren't supposed to lean on, but whatever, you know. And uh, Brittany is obviously upset uh, during the song. At the end of it, she's like, wow, that was one of the greatest moments in showbiz history. But why didn't you tell me you were coming into Sant- into town, Santana? Yeah. And then Santana um, drops a, like, Brazilian Isles Oh, my God. Mention. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, she talks about how she was on the blogs. Um, yeah. I guess it's like sort of a like a hey remember I'm a lesbian right because you'll, you'll remember that when Sam and uh, Brittany got together blam as they are called in this scene um, that we uh, we were told that Brittany was worried about the lesbian blogger community being upset about mm-hmm. it um, so I guess Santana is a part of that because if you're not aware Rosalind Isles is the TV show where there are two women who mm-hmm. like solve crimes together well, or whatever. Re- but yeah, one of them's like a doctor, a person, a mortician, I don't know, someone who deals with the dead corpses, and then the other one's the cop. Yeah, and so... The cop and the doctor. The big thing is that... <laughs> Together. It's like one of the like hallmarks of queer baiting because the characters are staunchly yeah. not gay, but they do Ugh. like act like they're gay, which is to get yeah, people to watch they're... their show. So like, yeah. And it's just, it's trash. Yes. Honestly. Yes. But anyway. Uh, um, and yeah. um, what she didn't find out about the coupling from the Rizzoli and Isles fandom, she found out because while she was trolling said forums, uh, Tina called her. Yes. Or, well, <laughs> my, my assumption was that she got like a hint of something from the forums, but then called no. Tina. No. No. What's what is implied is that Tina just called her. <laughs> sure. Because she's like, and then I got a call on the phone. <laughs> like I was doing this, and I got a call, and then we see Tina in the hallway saying, "Brittany and Sam, it's on. Bye." Yeah. Like, um. <laughs> yeah. It, it's weird. It's because yeah. And then yeah. Santana presents an obviously fake girlfriend. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Like this is Elaine. She's not going to speak at all. She, We're both into girls, and she's What's openly up? into girls. Maggie, she is lipstick wearing because that's only lesbians do that, I guess. Um, <laughs> no, I mean some lesbians do. I know it's it's just one of those things I where think, like yeah. I think maybe like she wants to I don't know shame Britney, but it's not like Britney isn't out. She's just bi, right? Which I mean, I guess. It's unfortunate, but this is somewhat good representation of the queer community not doing a good job of including bi people. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And maybe we should continue our can straights do this conversation because Naya Rivera isn't a gay woman. Right. So. Yeah. Oh, God. Man, (laughs) why are all the main, (laughs) like, Glee? (laughs) (sighs) Anyway. Let's move on for now. We're going to have to come back to this. But uh, 
it's Niata's Fight Club because Brody is telling Rachel. He here's the exposition oh about Midnight Madness <laughs> for us. Um, they're like really high stakes. Because Rachel just doesn't know. Kurt knows because he trolls the Niata blogs. I guess. Yes. Like, why doesn't Rachel know this shit? I guess, Maggie, she doesn't do research. I guess. Um, but yeah, so there's like really high stakes. Like everyone shames the person who loses or something. Um, and then her sycophantic gaze um, do some dis dis work on Kurt. Um, yeah. Yes. They one of them is like he just needs to wear a sign around his neck that says "I'm pathetic." Please club me to death. It's the weaselly <laughs> one who says that. Also, like it's just so fucking like I just I don't know it's why they added these people like. They don't really add much besides just being like, ugh, like, ugh, like, why, why? Is this the point when Kurt comes up and is like, fuck you, check yourselves, bitches, like, stop just saying garbage? No, he, he shows up and he's like, um, I got Niata the same as you. So like, yeah, well, I know you're right. Yeah. Cause there's another scene where he checks them again. So like, yeah, yeah. Th- well, they need to be double checked. These sycophants. <laughs> Rule number four, and, double uh, check. Um, yeah. The next scene is back in uh, Emma's office. Finn is I has I guess just found out about Brody because Rachel changed her status on Facebook to shacking up. Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, Finn is heartbroken, and Emma's like, "Oh well, maybe it's time to move on." There is a twenty-six-year-old math sub. But and Finn's like, "I'm nineteen. But okay, one like fuck off, Finn. Like. That age gap is nothing, but Emma does this weird thing where she seems to, like, imply that the math sub either has, like, a physical abnormality or, like, a mental abnormality, and I'm just like, what Mm. the fuck, Glee? Like, get out of here. There's also a weird part where, like, Emma is, like... If we focus on the bad things, they'll come true. And she rings a little bell. Yeah, they don't explain that either. Which I was like, "What is the bell? Is that her like, like cleansing bell to like throw away the demons or something?" I just—it's so weird. Like she just reaches to the front of her desk, picks up like this little hand bell, and is like, "Tingle, tingle, tingle," and puts it down. It is not. It is not addressed by either character. No, it's so bizarre yeah um it's i don't know this scene is so it's mostly because this plot is so bad and not good yeah but um it's yeah well i think maybe in retrospect it comes off as really not good (laughs) yes but they close out this scene with uh emma showing finn two centerpieces because she needs to choose um, there's a white one and a blue one. I don't know why she has like the physical centerpieces here to choose from. I mean, seems that that seems like a, like a lot. That seems like a very wedding planning trope in TV. Is that there's always like they always have two things that like they have a physical yeah. representation of to choose between. So that just seems like such an outrageous expense. Yes. <laughs> um, and Finn's like, oh well, you should go with the white because the blue. It's the color of sad. Well, but then he also <laughs> says, and the white is pure, like you. Um, which is a weird thing to say to a, at this point, co-worker, I guess. Yeah, like a colleague. Um, but yeah, the the other thing I took away is Emma has a ginormous checklist that she is using to keep track yes. of all of the things she has to do. Which honestly just feels more stress-inducing than like, I don't know. 
just winging it honestly like <laughs> like a to-do list on your phone yes even yeah uh, uh do they have those in 2013 maybe a, I, a written to-do list in a small notebook yeah not hard or like yeah to categorize it. it or something just don't don't like, ugh, it's just terrible i feel so bad for emma the next scene is sam and santana facing off in the auditorium Santana's already there and Sam just sort of shows up. Yes. Uh, and she's like, wow, I didn't even have to lay out cereal for you to find me. And it's like, how did he find you? What? Uh, and she is like, you need to stay away from Brittany. She's, you're obviously a rebound for me, her true love. How dare you? Uh, she calls him Lipsy McChapstick. And then she's like, we're going to fight. And Sam says, well, I'm not going to fight you. Like, I'm not going to hit you. And Santana says, who said anything about oh hitting? Oh, my God. Because she is the true diva. It's just, um, this is, like, not the first time that I've just been like, what the fuck? Like, what? What? <laughs> Yeah. How does anyone win totally. a song battle in this fucking universe? I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> it really there is no set rules because they sing um a small section of no Mist- make no mistake she's mine. Yeah. Santana is clearly better. Yes. Than than Sam, even though at the end she's like sort of like frustrated like I I guess um I guess I'll just have to let Britney choose. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just it, like what? it comes off at the end as if Santana lost. But I don't know how. Um, yeah, also... I don't know how that's physically possible against Lipsy McChapstick <laughs> over here. I mean, like, the the song is fine. Um, the lighting is really cool. They have some stuff with, like, red and blue lighting to, like, highlight the two sides, I guess, here, which is interesting. Brittany is in the house. Yeah. She's peeping. Yep. And, uh, yeah, the song ends with Santana being like, this isn't over. Yeah. Um... The song itself is fine. Exactly. It's it's not as the, the There's a problem here, which is that like there are some really good songs in this episode. Oh, so some really good songs. This is definitely the worst. Yeah, one. like some of them have to fall to the back. Um unfortunately this is that one. Like I think in another episode it would have been fine as well and like it might be one of the better songs because it actually has production value, but like <laughs> it's okay in this episode yeah uh and then the scene is over without really anything changing between these two characters so yeah i guess the the other main thing is that like santana at the beginning of the scene kind of implies that she thinks britney did this intentionally to like yeah that she's like using sam to make santana upset right which sam is like britney doesn't understand how to do that honestly um yeah <laughs> which is probably true um but yeah uh i just i i don't know it's i guess by the end of it like you're saying santana's like well it's gonna be britney's decision i guess but i'm never letting go so okay yeah. The next scene is Tina doing a monologue uh, in the hallway as she walks down to talk to Blaine. Uh, she comes to the thesis that Tina Cohen Chang deserves better. She also talks to the third person in the, like the third person the entire time. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. She's like, I should call Mike. Tina, no. <laughs> divas, divas don't call ex-boyfriends. <laughs> it is really weird. Um, she does. This is the part where she brings up the fact that like Santana seems to just be here all the time, and mm-hmm. it's like Tina has a really good point. She should. This is her year to shine, Maggie. It Last is. year was the senior's Which, year to shine. She's a senior now. 
No, I totally agree. And like, it's like Tina's criticizing the show she's on. In. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, which is kind of meta and weird, but I mean, this criticism needs to come from somewhere. It was obviously coming from the entire fan base, and Glee's like, well, we have to address this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tina calls Blaine bling bling, is what it said in the subtitles. I, th- I thought it sounded more like Blaine Blaine. Um, I th- I, yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, I like bling bling as the name. <laughs> it's cute. Yes. And uh, Blaine calls her ex-Tina, which is cute also. Yes. Uh, and then she t- bestows him some vapor rub. She's like, here you go. Yeah. Take this hoka medicine to feel better. <laughs> and sorry, I mean, I don't want to tell tales out of school, but vapor rub is, it doesn't, Maggie. it's just, it just smells good. Yeah, exactly. Um. So Tina then kind of, so like you were saying, she came to this conclusion that she deserves better. So in this scene, she decides to go after Blaine. Um, yeah. So she, she's like, yeah, here's this vapor rub. And then Blaine is like, oh, you're so sweet. And then Tina has kind of like a mini, like little thing. She's like, I hate that I'm the sweet person. Like I want to be strong or whatever. Like I want to be a true yeah. diva. Um, and then Blaine's like, oh, but there are tons of badass Asian divas. Yeah, um, which... Which is a weird thing to say, because it's not like Tina's only character trait is that she's Asian. Well, and also, it's such a, like, bizarre... It's it's so obvious the showrunners were just trying to, like, get that line in. Um, yeah. Because it has nothing to do with what <laughs> Tina was saying. It's like, like, Tina's talking about well, her own because- personal, like personality traits and then blaine is like oh no there's this racial thing that we need to address yeah because like what tina says is she's like when people look at me they don't think diva yeah and but i wouldn't say like i I don't think that's an invitation i I don't think it's her i don't think it's her race that's holding people back from thinking that tina is a diva i think it's like the amount of screen time (laughs) she gets I, i think it also might be the way that she like sometimes comes off or like the fact that she doesn't really like people like you're absolutely right i think i don't know it's just it's just such well, a weird here's thing. the thing tina tina is a diva she is she's an extreme diva she will overtake any situation she wants to to get her own way yes we have seen that multiple times this season yes um which yeah we're, we're gonna have to get into that right now because mm-hmm. blaine decides oh i'm gonna help you find the right song to prove to everyone that you are truly a diva um so then we cut right to blaine's house we're in his room um and blaine is explaining because tina tina is on this kick well yeah, yeah. Tina is sitting on blaine's bed and decides to open up their conversation with have you ever been with a girl while she's sitting on Blaine's bed in his bedroom yes. and Blaine's just like no no the closest i've ever gotten was kissing Rachel Berry um <laughs> but yeah it's uh yeah. it's weird like Oof. he's like yeah i like girls but i don't love them um but like Tina is just going in on this um but yeah i i had a note here before we get into that Blaine t- says something along the lines of Oh, I thought, like, for you, we could kind of go old school diva. And he's talking about Cher, Aretha Franklin, and Madonna. Um, Yes. I guess it's just, like, 
maybe maybe I'm becoming an old person, but it's like hmm? what I don't know if I'd classify especially Madonna as old school diva. Like I think you are old. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I mean, like, in comparison, to, there's definitely generations, right? Oh, I guess that's true. Like, yeah. Madonna is definitely in the share generation as opposed to, you know, like, Mariah Carey. Oh, my God. Wow, that is... Oh. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah. They're right. It's just, I don't like... Maybe I don't like the term old school <laughs> to describe people. Um, um, Yeah, Blaine made her diva playlist, and Tina goes through it, and Blaine's just like, oh, I'm feeling real woozy yes. from the cold medicine, and <laughs> Tina's like, oh, well, t- lie down, it's fine, go to sleep. No. Oh, and- God. <laughs> and Blaine does that. He just sort of collapses on the bed, Um, does some of those, like, you know, TV kind of, like, lip smacks yes. <laughs> to show you that he's going to sleep. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm talking about. I do. Right? Yes. Um. Well... The the best part is there's some like piano music that's like like this like mm-hmm. soft piano music to underline that this is a weird creepy scene. Oh, yes, <laughs> that soft piano music. I thought it was to like resonate with Tina's emotional honesty, maybe, but it definitely just like makes it all weird, creepy. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because Tina. So while Blaine is lying back in in traditional, I feel like this is traditional TV fashion. Tina like confesses her love to Blaine while yeah while she's like she's not even looking at him she's like looking at the other side of the room because yes. <laughs> she's like I, I decided I need to just be more emotionally honest I'm falling in love with you and it's like I thought that was clear from when you sang that yeah that Jesus Christ superstar. superstar song <laughs> at him um and uh then she's like maybe we could just have a sexless relationship like a lot of Asian girls and gay men have uh. which I was like what <laughs> <laughs> what yeah um, no i i wrote down in my notes she deserves better which is funny because she does come to that conclusion multiple times this episode um yeah i mean she does deserve better um because like mike was great until he just started being like you need to respect rachel barry more how dare right, you yes. Um, <laughs> yes and blaine is a gay man who has told her that he doesn't want to be with her that way. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, Tina deserves better. Yeah. But she's in sort of a position where she's not going to get it. No, and here's... I mean, the main reason I'm getting into that is because the the end of this scene is just... Yeah, oh. so as Blaine is lying back, um, she grabs the vapor rub and opens up a few buttons on his shirt and... Really, the mounting, yeah, the straddling, of Blaine makes it the, the straddling much, is the real issue much, for me. Much worse. Yes. Uh, she she straddles his body and spreads some vapor rub on his chest very sensuously. Yes. <laughs> um, it's pretty gnarly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Tina is crying. Also. <laughs> yes. Um. <laughs> yeah. And Blaine is unaware. He is unconscious. Like, it's just so bad. Like, I just don't understand really who bad. was like, yeah, let's have this happen. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and it, there's no, like, emotional resonance no. in this for me. Other than, like, making Tina a bad person. <laughs> like, I, I, at least when Elena, and then again on the rewatch, I was like, okay, this is really weird, but I'm, like, this could have been a <laughs> billion times worse like oh it could have been much worse when she finishes uh vapor rubbing she 
dismounts and then just kind of cuddles up to his side. Yes, which, like, still, like, not the best thing because, again, Blaine is unconscious, which means he has no consent in any way to any of this. Um, But, like, at least, especially, like, with the piano music and stuff, like, I was like, oh, fuck, this scene is going a bad place. And, like... (laughs) Luckily, like, it didn't go, like, super bad, but it's still really bad, so... It's still bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of less bad, let, let's let's talk about Midnight Madness, Maggie. You know, that, mm-hmm. that Pitch Perfect trope that they just... Uh, yeah. Had Pitch Perfect come out at this point? It must have. I feel like it must have, too. I'm going to check that real quick, um, because honestly... Because uh, yeah. if... If you listeners are not aware, I mean, you're listening to a Glee podcast, so I'm sure you've seen Pitch Perfect. Yeah, exactly. But uh, there's like the, there's, you know, the battles, the song battles that they have between the the, the dudes yeah. Pi- and the Pitch uh, Perfect the came ladies. out in 2012. So this is definitely just stolen Perfect. directly from them. Um. <laughs> Great. Uh, so uh, we see Niata students like running into the single classroom, yes. but it's dark now, and they uh, they have to move shit around, and they have a big line drawn in the center of the room. Yes. Brody is like running this. He's the MC for Midnight Madness for some reason, and uh, he's like, we've split the, the room so that supporters of either contestant can be on either side and remember this is not a performance it's a blood sport no clapping yeah that that was that was where i was like oh yeah this is just entirely they were like oh pitch perfect sold well we should probably do that um (laughs) pitch perfect sold well because it was a good fun time and no one uh you know non-consensually touched someone (laughs) who was unconscious in that movie yeah cool so um yeah, so then Rachel and Kurt are first up. We don't see anyone after them, so I assume they are actually the only performance, um, but whatever. Uh, they do bring him home from Les Mis, which mm-hmm. seems Kurt goes incredibly first. skewed in Kurt's favor. Like, like just to yeah. bring it up, it is sung by a man and is yep. in, like, like, I don't know, it just feels like a very Kurt song. Like... It's sure. like if they had done totally. Don't Rain on My Parade, I'd be like, well, that's Rachel's going to win because Rachel just is Barbara Streisand. She's the yeah. heir apparent. And, so. I mean, Kurt, Kurt is sort of like a, a, a thin, pasty. Frenchman, yes. <laughs> Frenchy looking person. All you need to do is slab like some dirt on oh, him. Oh, God. You know? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, and uh, he could be Jean Valjean. Yeah. Not hard. Yeah, so... Anyway, the they the way they do it, it's very wicked. The like Yeah, it's yeah. it's very reminiscent of the diva offs of the past where we just swap between Kurt and Rachel singing the song at the same time. Yes. Uh they're they're both good. You know, I, I this is like the Broadway diva section of it, and if they're gonna do a Broadway song, uh this is not the one I would choose. Yes, exactly. But it's fine. Yeah. Um yeah, because this isn't really, like, Jean Valjean's, like, diva moment. Um, no, I would not say it is. I would say it's more of, like, you know, battling with uh, the the policeman, whatever yeah, the name or, is. Or even, like, the policeman song, the, like, uh, the star they're, they're stars. singing the numbers. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. It, it's just not a good choice for if you want to represent Broadway divaism. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. Um, but it's good. You know, like they do a good the, job. Like 
Of course they do. The one takeaway I really had from this song was wondering what is Chris Colfer's skincare routine? <laughs> because he is flawless. Like, we get so many close-ups, and his skin is just, like, smooth. Ooh. It's <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, if somebody could, like, find, I don't know, some sort of magazine from the time where Chris Colfer just goes step by step into what products he's using even if he is like I don't know bathing in the blood of virgins I want to know because sure yeah it's um it's pretty it's pretty amazing I mean I think the lighting helps Um, with that a lot since it's only that single ghost light but yeah sure sculpting with light uh Adam is here he is uh watching this happen uh, they both cry while they sing. Uh, well, Rachel gets a little bit more teary. Kurt just sort of wells up in tears, but never spills any. Yeah. And uh, Rachel gets the final note. Yes. Um, uh, well, yeah. it's weird. There is one comment I have here about the like cinematography for, for this, which has always been a problem with this style of like duet solo. Um, mm-hmm. We know that Kurt went first and Rachel went second. So there are crowd reactions that happen that just don't make sense. Because, like, there's no way that anyone is, like... Like, we see the sycophantic gaze a lot. And, like, they're, like, losing their minds over Rachel's performance. But, like, they had already seen Kurt do it. So, like... Yeah. I just... I don't know. And and at the end, they choose Kurt. So, like... (laughs) They do. Like, Kurt wins. But it's... uh, The thing is that this is not... We're not supposed to think about it. As yeah. much. You know, we're just supposed to be like, wow, listen to this song. <gasps> Who's going to win? I feel like it's sort of implied through the cinematography that Rachel is winning. But uh, but again, yeah. It's hard to Yeah, know. exactly. And But anyway, like you said, we find out they, they all pick their sides and Rachel and Kurt don't get to see. Brody does the count and then announces to them that uh, the winner by the closest margin in Midnight Madness history is Kurt. Hooray! Yay! And, um, yeah, yeah, that's what happens. Then we go back to McKinley. Sue is berating Santana and the show itself for uh, the sort of ridiculous things that have been happening. Uh, She's like, oh, where's, how do you use your teleporter to get here all the time? Where's all the money coming from? And, um, then she tells Santana that she knows that Santana dropped out of college and she offers her a job to apprentice under Sue as her heir apparent because they use that phrase twice. Great. In two different situations in this episode because Brad Falchuk was feeling it. Well, I mean... Heir apparent and sycophants. Heir apparent does feel like a very diva term, you know? Like, it yeah. Does. But anyway, you're, yeah. So uh, Santana is like, oh, that sounds really interesting um and sue is like okay just you know think about it and let me know by the end of the week so and santana's like yeah i could move back here and with that money my mom gave me i could buy a mcmansion in lima heights and i'd be close to Brittany. i mean she's not wrong probably um so then we move to the next scene uh tina so we're in the hallway um blaine and Artie are like chatting down the hallway and then this scene is like so out of the box weird to me <laughs> yes. because they're they're just chatting amicably and then Tina comes up to Blaine. She's like stomping up there. She's upset. And Blaine's just like, Tina, your cold buster kit was so great. That chicken soup was delicious. I feel so much better. 
And Tina's just like, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. Well, the best part, my favorite part about it is that she wa- she storms up to this conversation and then says to Artie, can you excuse us, please? Which Artie is like, uh, oh, okay. And like wheels away. And then, and then Blaine is like, um, yeah, the cold buster kid is great. Um, and then, yeah, like you're saying, Tina's and, like. And uh, he, yeah. he's also like. He's also like, oh, here's the here's your vaporub tub back. It's almost all gone. I don't know where it went. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be concerned about that if I were a human being. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Blaine calls her crazy yeah. as she yeah. like yells at him and stomps off about how she's not going to take this anymore, which is not great, but. I mean, it's not that Tina is acting rationally. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, because so she... Which is, it's just this weird. Is all just like, it's like setup, she's really mad. Um, and that we... She's, like, really mad at Blaine. Yeah, we had no reason for her to be so... Like, I guess it's because he felt... Like, the only reasonable thing I can think is that it's because he fell asleep while she was confessing her love to him. And then, like, she realized that, like, she can't <laughs> love him because the sexist relationship sounds terrible and awful. Like, I don't... I just... <laughs> Or he's not thankful enough. Like, he's not becoming straight for her because she gave him a cold buster kit. Even though, like, like he was he was literally <laughs> thanking her as she was like, I won't deal with you right. not thanking it, me like, anymore. It doesn't make any sense because it's just lead up for Brit or for, sorry, for Tina to do hung up um, in appropriate garb, which is yeah. actually just like really, really good. Like, this whole number is very good. Yeah, she's she's wearing like a monochrome uh, pink leotard and then like a pink stole yes. shawl thing on top and a like pink sparkly belt. Yes. She looks amazing. Super amazing. She's got like a big boom box that she uses as a prop and uh, she's got backup dancers, Unique, Brittany. Kitty, and yes. Brit- Brittany? Brittany. Um, Kitty does the <laughs> yes. worm during this song, yes. <laughs> which is... Pretty amazing. I wish they'd really focused on that a little bit well, more. Maybe, but this it's is fine. Tina's number. Tiva, uh, Tina is the real diva here. Um, you're right. But yeah, the dancing is so good. Like across the board, um, the costumes yeah. are really great too. Because there's just like these random backup dancers that are all like decked out. Yes. Like oh, it's so good. The, well, the song starts with Tina in the hallway. She's like strutting yes. away from Blaine and singing, and then we go to the courtyard where she's like surrounded by flash dance like mm-hmm. students which is usually a blaine move so what's going on well but this um, is yeah blaine also looks like super surprised yeah. <laughs> he's like whoa as soon as everybody else starts dancing which in our metafiction like how do we explain this is demon blaine like whoa wh- why does tina have these powers usually it's just me that can compel random students i, I, to dance. I don't know maybe also it might be that like he's faking it because We've seen he's pretty good at that. Mm, like, mm. but it, especially because, like, yeah, all yeah. of New Directions is like at a table in this courtyard to watch this big, grandiose performance. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Blaine was like doing this, like helping make this happen. Yeah. Because, you totally. know, he has yeah. a weird sweet spot for Tina. He obviously yeah. can tell that, yeah, he can tell that Tina's yeah. upset and wants to help. Uh, and there's a part where they're, they, there's break dancing during the song. So they uh, the break dancers pull yeah. up their cardboard that they were dancing on and hold it like a big screen in front of Tina. And when they move, she's yes. done a costume change. And she's wearing like a black leather coat and black pants. 
And uh, yes, I mean, it's great. She uh, finishes the song, goes up to the Glee Club, and they're like, wow, Tina, that was amazing. And Tina's like, don't worry about it. Yes. And just walks it's away. It's very good. <laughs> um, I also, there's a part where she spray paints on people, which is like, honestly, yeah. I, I mean, it fits. Like, it's just good. Like, all of it is very good. Oh, man. If I understand wanting Tina to sing this song, and I think it could have fit in this, like, Blaine Tina plot line well, about how she was, like, hung up on him and doesn't want yeah. to be anymore. Uh, but they didn't really do <laughs> well, it. Well, Maggie, they also did the thing with the vapor rub, <laughs> which was, like, frankly, un- like, frankly unacceptable. So this whole plot was just kind of shot in the it foot is. to begin with. Shot in both feet, maybe. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just terrible. But, like, this number's very good. Um, yeah, it's great. Yeah. So, let's move on. Then we see Kurt talking to Adam at Niata uh, about how he's like, oh, like, you know, it's it's just a fluke that I won. And Adam's like, yes. no, you were great. And um, then the sycophants come up for Kurt to ream into them <laughs> yes. a second time. Uh, because they're like, oh, well, you must come with us to the funny girl open call and kurt's like no yes. <laughs> uh you are heinous and if you talk bad about adam's apples ever again i will challenge yes. you to midnight madness that's his threat. that's his threat <laughs> um yeah okay and then he sees rachel uh standing on the other side of the hallway she's looking a little cowed and he tries to go like reconcile with yeah, her she, but it doesn't she's work out. very like early Rachel at this point also she has bangs again like her wardrobe is like really like <laughs> muted and like sweaters like like turtleneck sweaters and shit like they they went ham on trying to make her like look like she's regressed like back to the first diva off I guess um it's great <laughs> then we go back to McKinley to find out that Tina mm-hmm. has won Diva Week. There's like a prize about like a dinner or something, whatever. They never really focused on that. Not like the um breadsticks. The, one yeah. of the first um breadsticks for two. <laughs> things with it's like, oh my god, breadsticks! Yes. And they all lose their. But minds. they do. They have confetti um, cannons in this scene, which is so weird. The confetti cannons are probably from their failed performance of Gogman right, style. Right, that's true. They have to use them somehow. Um, <laughs> also, Brittany reminds us in a in like her fun meta way that uh tina never wins anything so this is really exciting <laughs> confetti cannons they must be reusable right do you have to scoop oh, up God. all the confetti and just sort of <laughs> funnel it back in like bbs and i feel BB like gun? you would just get new confetti cartridges you know like oh, that's so wasteful well, yeah no shit <laughs> confetti is fucking wasteful <laughs> i get yeah, confetti is a very um, wasteful, decadent yes. thing. Tina uh, is, I guess, happy. Like, it's, it's. I don't know. They don't really focus no. on it. And then we see Blaine trying to reconcile with her uh, because he doesn't really understand why she's upset, but wants her to be happy. So he comes up to her and gives her a chocolate rose, um, a flower for the diva, and apologizes by being like, sorry, I didn't thank you enough. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he, he apologizes for being ungrateful. Sure. And then um, he he says that she is his most important person at the school, um, which honestly, I don't know what that means for the resolution of this plot line because it doesn't like. <laughs> well, Tina's like, you know, that's what I've been wanting to hear. 
and it's like is but it? wasn't she over him like i don't know like it's so back and forth like i mean there's, anyway there's just no clear like intention to this plot line like yes or maybe there is and it's just not really conveyed very well i don't know where these two characters stand with each other other than that they are friends which is what they were at the beginning of the episode so <laughs> right uh we have a nice yeah. glee set right there and Blaine asks Tina to go to the Wemma wedding with him as his date. Yes. Which is a nice little foreshadowing of what's to come. Oh, man. This um, ep- have you watched it yet? Because it's I have it's not. Good. I'm very excited. <laughs> okay. Um, so then the next scene, uh, Shiva is over, Maggie. It's time for <laughs> Rachel to stop mourning her loss. Yes. Um, uh, Kurt, Kurt, Kurt he, tells her. Yeah, go for it. He like, basically confronts Rachel in her bedroom as she's bundled up in multiple layers uh, to symbolize her very uh, closed-off, shy personality now. And she's like, well, I can't can't be a star. Just look how insufferable I am after my newt success. And Kurt's just like, yeah, that's why I'm here, to tear you down. Uh, yes. And he's like, you need to embrace yes. Divadum. It's your it's your true path, Rachel. You are Barbara Streisand's heir apparent. And Yes, but yeah. just not the monster bit that you pull out. Like the being like an insufferable nightmare. <laughs> Be a diva, but don't do that part. And Rachel's like, okay. Um. And then she's like, I'm so glad you've convinced me to not be upset anymore. And they hug and they're going to audition for Funny Girl at some point. Then uh, we go back to McKinley for like basically mid panic attack for Emma. She's spread out a bunch of wedding stuff all over her office. uh, And Finn is like, oh, whoa, what's going on? As he as he comes in and uh, she's like, oh, well, I told Will about the centerpieces and he said it was fine, which is obviously not fine. It's not good enough. Um, so she's trying to choose a new one. She also mentions that like this wedding has to be perfect because her wedding for like with Carl wasn't perfect because it was just wong. I want to say winged, but, um, yeah, well, (laughs) I mean, it it, it uh, was kind of (laughs) winged. It was wang and the wedding, um, was led to like a sham marriage basically. And uh, Emma's just panicking. She's worried that Will's going to hate the color white and hate her dress. It's a whole thing. Uh, yes. Finn is like, oh, no, we can we can do this together. We're a good team. We can figure it out. Emma, Emma, Emma. And then he grabs her face and kisses her. No. No. <laughs> no. This episode was like, f- okay, until this moment. Yeah. It just gets really, really bad. Oh, Finn realizes he did something very bad and he runs away immediately. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because like, I just, what the actual fuck though? Yeah. Like who on the planet is like, oh, they're having a panic attack. Let me grab their face and kiss them <laughs> to make them stop panicking. Really? Especially because I'm in, it's really bad. I'm in any, I'm in any kind of romantic relationship with them or I'm just confusing, you know, Oh my god. It's, it's just like Finn is like, I'm Will now? Am I Will? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's I mean, to be fair, he does act very Will in this episode. Yeah. And like Emma does kind of treat him like the way she treats Will, which is that she does his job for him. <laughs> um and like tries to like help him sort out his emotional baggage. Like which again is kind of part of her like 
I'm not going to say it's part of her job. She is the school counselor. She's not really supposed to isn't counsel she, the other yeah, faculty. Yeah, isn't she but, supposed to counsel children? Uh, but, I mean, yeah. Finn is a man-child. He calls himself a man-child. Like, I, you I, know, I just, still feel like maybe this is just me being judgmental, but, like, the actor who plays Finn is not 19. So whenever he's like, right. oh, I'm just 19. I'm a man-child. I'm like, grow up. You're a 35-year-old man. Well, like, especially when they're talking about, like, the math sub who's 26, I'm like, okay, I'm 26. <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> That's not old. Are you dating like, a 19-year-old, Sam? No. <laughs> you were, that was, I don't know. You sounded a little suspicious. Um, anyway, so, yeah, Finn <laughs> runs away. And um, then and we <laughs> go to the auditorium to see Britanna have a sort of scene where they reconcile, I guess. Uh, yes. Brittany is just like, what are you doing, Santana? Like, what is this? Yes. And uh, Santana's just like, oh, you know, I'm just here to be happy with my girlfriend, Elaine. And Sue just offered me a job to apprentice under her. And, uh, you know, I'll I'll eventually take over when she dies. And Brittany's like, come on, that's not long term. And Santana's just like, oh, it will be. I'll kill kill Sue soon enough. I'll poison her. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, yeah. then Brittany is just like, that. I know you quit college. I know Elaine's your fake girlfriend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She she tells Santana to follow her dreams and go big. This um, the phrasing is a little weird, though, because she's like, oh, I, fa- I heard that Rachel has a new guy and Kurt does, too. Why don't you move to New York to find a community? And it's like. But that that is weird. Yeah, right. Like it's not like these characters are happy because they're in like these weird relationships with a naked man and a British person who's barely in the show. <laughs> well, like I, I, I guess part of it is she was just like talking about her fake girlfriend El- Elaine or whatever, mm-hmm. and like earlier she had been like making it a big point that she wants like to be in a relationship with someone who's like out and proud mm-hmm. and things like that. So maybe Brittany is working off of that to be like, Hey, it sounds like you really want to be in a relationship with a lesbian who is very openly lesbian. You should move to New York. I think that like, maybe it could be better if it was just like, Hey, you should move to New York because you don't, don't stay here. Yeah, please don't stay in Ohio. It's been your dream forever to become famous. And the best place to become place to become famous is New York, I guess. I guess. Uh, I wouldn't know. Even though you could, they could just do the Mercedes route again, put a video of Santana on YouTube. Right. Or, well, I mean, they already did put a video of Santana on the internet. That didn't really pan well, out, though. Well, I mean, she's definitely um, known for something, so. <laughs> yes. So, anyway, um, this prompts Santana to sing Girl on Fire. Yeah, the Alicia um, Keys song, which, yes. I, it's fantastic, obviously it's very 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 good uh she walks through she walks out of the auditorium walks a little bit through mckinley and then opens a door at mckinley into new york she is emerging from a subway uh wearing a a beret and she looks great like like this like yeah blue leather jacket kind of thing that looks really good um and then she arrives at the the loft, you yeah, know, she, that she's also loft. Harmonizing with herself during the song. Amazing. Nice. <laughs> but yeah. And then so she rises at the loft and Kurt opens the door and she walks in and Kurt's like, What are you doing here? And she's like, I'm moving in. Which 
is not how that works. No. Um, but I mean, sure. Good on you, I guess. Yeah. Like, why not? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's the end of the episode with like Kurt and Rachel looking at each other like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Santana just like looking smug. Yes. <laughs> My plan worked. Now um, we're going to yeah. do the podcast business. I was going to try to do like a girl on fire thing, but listen, oh, okay. I do not have the pipes. This podcast is business. This podcast is business. <laughs> uh, sure. Business. Yeah, we're here. Okay, we're here. We're doing okay. it. Yes. But, but it's a metaphor. metaphor. And, and metaphors, metaphors are important. important. Gold stars are important. Because, because gold, gold stars, stars are a metaphor, metaphor for me being a star. star. Now we're going to do uh, gold stars. Sam, yes. I think you're first. I believe so. Um, I'm going to give my gold star to Kurt. Because cool. he tells Rachel to get over herself yeah. multiple times, which is very good. Uh, so in the last episode, I gave Rachel half a star. Can I take the other half and use it now? Sure. So I have three halves. Uh, I want to give yes. half to Blaine, half to Kurt, and half to Tina. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, yeah. Sounds good. Um. Yeah, they're all great. That's well, well, we'll get to it. Let's save it for the rating. Um, sure. Best best number. I picked Diva. Great. Yeah, because yeah. our options are Diva, Don't Stop Me Now, Nutbush, City Limits, Make No Mistake, She's Mine, Bring Him Home, and Hung Up and Girl on Fire. Uh, yes. There's a lot of really good numbers in this episode, so it's hard to choose. Um, yes. It's sort of a shame that all the good ones are packed into this one when we've been having like such mediocre songs <laughs> in the other. I episodes. was gonna say, yeah, that's like one of the big complaints that I've had over the past couple of weeks is that like this is supposed to be a musical television show and the numbers have been bad, <laughs> and like this episode has like bangers, just like front to yeah. back bangers. Like I picked Diva. I have an honorable mention. I was gonna bring it up if you don't pick it, but like. It's just really good. Yeah. Like, all of the music. They're all finally. really good. Uh, um, I'm going to choose Girl on Fire, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was my honorable mention, so. Well, my honorable <laughs> yep. mention is Don't Stop Me Now. Um, yep. Because I, I just, I love it when Darren Chris just sort of wails with a piano. I'm about it. And Not Bush and City Limits is really the... good. Yeah, and Hung Up is really good. It's amazing. Like, yeah, like, oh, God, why this episode? I don't know. Ugh. Because it's the diva episode, and we both live for divas. <laughs> I guess so. Um, but that brings us to our last piece of podcast business, the rating. So, just like Bullies and Glee, we like to slushy the show. It's out of five. The less slushies, the better. Um, I'm giving it half a slushy out of five. Nice. Because of the weird, gross... Like Tina thing and then the Finn kiss. Yeah, the, Both the, of those things are unacceptable. The boundary but... crossing. <laughs> yes. I'm also I'm gonna do the same. Half a slushy. Uh because overall I really like the energy and the vibe of the episode of like these characters who are like powerful, sort of competing against each other. What I don't like is that unique is not featured enough. Yeah. When Tina wins um, Diva off, like the Diva Week, 
uh, we there's like a shot of Unique. Um, it's not like poised on her or anything, but Unique in like the background wide shot is just like, what the fuck? Like she's really <laughs> upset. Um, obviously, well, maybe, so. Maybe next time Unique should do her number in real life instead of doing it in dream sequence. <laughs> it's not her fault. It's the show's no, I fault. <laughs> I know. It's just, yeah, it's, it's also just weird because like, this didn't feel like a competition. Like you were saying, in the past, we've had, like, episodes where the Glee Club actually competes for things. And, like, it gets really hyped up as a competition. And this one didn't feel like that at all. No, it really didn't. Because they didn't really poise so, it that way. Like, it, yeah. if we're to believe that this was a competition, the real competitors are Blaine, Santana, and Tina. And that's it. Yeah. Which sucks. Because there's a lot, like, like Unique would be great. Even giving Britney something maybe would be cool. Kitty? Like, Kitty especially, which, like, in the past, like, I, Kitty makes me feel so conflicted all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it'd be cool, like, Sam, if they actually gave Sam, something to someone that's else. that's what she wants. She wants chaos, chaos inside of you as well. Okay, sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I still really like the episode, though. Like I do, too. It, like, you're right about the energy, because it's one of those things where as soon as I'm, when I was done watching the episode, I was like, Man, that's a good episode of Glee. And then I think, and I'm like, oh shit, there was that part where where Finn kisses Emma to try to calm her down from a panic attack, and that sucks really bad. Oh, like shit, that's really also that really part bad. Where, t- where Tina unconsensually touches Blaine. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. So um, it has its moments, but in the but in in it's like in contrast, like other episodes. It's like a really good episode with some like low points yeah. as opposed to a really bad episode with like one high point to be yes. like, oh, that scene was really good. So, Listen, I mean, I'm so hyped for the next week. I Yeah. It, we're going to be watching I Do, which is the Wemma wedding. Ooh. What do you think's going to happen? Yes. What what are your um, predictions? Man, I I'm trying to think of I feel like based on this episode, I'm sure that there will be something with Emma being like really worried and stressed out, sure. especially with the whole Finn thing. Like that's going to be a whole thing. Like she's going to be worried about Will finding out or something. Um, past that, I have no clue. Well, like, all the, all, everyone should be coming into town for this. We're going to get like a oh, yeah. huge, re- a full reunion. Yeah. yeah. So that should be exciting. Okay. Yeah. Maybe Quinn will bring her psychology professor. Um, I I have watched it, and let me tell you, everyone's gonna fuck. Oh, great, cool. Um, Pretty much everyone. Like, uh, yes. there's a there's a scene where like everyone is going into bespoke hotel rooms. It happens. Oh my god, <laughs> like a sensate kind of thing. Um, oh, oh my god! Listen, this show would be so much Maggie. better if they were a hive mind. <laughs> Yeah, but um, the other thing too is we've had some we had some people reach out um, on Twitter specifically. Let me pull it up real quick. Cool. Not Bush City Limits. Uh, Audrey Radajack. Yes. On Twitter, uh, reached out to let us know that first of all they've been loving the podcast this season. Thank you. Um, but uh, the first half season four is kind of boring, and then. Episodes 13 to 17, this is episode 13, so this plus another couple few are fun. And then episode 18 is the worst in the show's history. Oh, um, fuck. Which, yeah, like, really sets it up because this episode was actually 
pretty good like especially in comparison to like some of the past episodes like this one has been maybe one of the higher points of the season honestly so like i'm expecting things to be pretty good for a while um so yeah so i just looked it up um episode 18 is called shooting star and the only um description yeah they a terrible event occurs at mckinley while the glee club members prepare for regionals yeah, that oh uh, Audrey on Twitter did give us some more information. It's not good. Oh, it's no. gonna be really, really bad. Oh, so my. instead of spoiling that, um, let's talk about our socials. You can also reach us on Twitter, just like Audrey did. If you contact us at SNM Hate Glee, um, we love hearing from you. Especially give us your gold stars, your ratings, any thoughts you have about the episodes. Um, we all we want to hear all of it, and you can also give us longer form thoughts by email snmhakely at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon where you can find bonus content. I think we have like a political rant up there right now. Uh, yes, <laughs> at patreon.com slash snmhakely. You can also just search snmhakely on that platform. Uh, we push most of our subscription uh, donations there to uh, donating ourselves because we want to do some of the work that Glee didn't do um and right now it's to the trans law center yep to protect trans rights um, yes man yeah speaking of political rant yeah Mm. if you um if you're curious when we if you hear things in the episode and you're like i don't remember them saying something like that there's a good chance it might have gotten cut and put into our patreon feed so if you're curious about those things definitely check it out we um sometimes in like in this podcast we metaphorically ring a little bell on our desk and expect you to know what that means <laughs> well or just like expect you to like not question it for some reason like yeah we just do it we're cleansing ourselves of all the things we say i guess um but anyway uh that's everything for this week uh next time we'll be talking about maggie said it already but season four episode 14 i do the Wemma wedding where shit's gonna pop off <laughs> and i am very excited so until then i've been sam and i've been maggie and we hate glee from the top <laughs>